So what? We watch anime. So what? We play League. We're just having fun. We don't care who sees. So what? We stay in. It don't bother me. Living young, pale and nerdy. I need to, I need to restart because I forgot to look up what episode number we're on. So what? We watch anime. So what? We play League. We're just having fun. We don't care who sees. So what? We stay in. It don't bother me. Living young, pale and nerdy. Hello and welcome to the Reaton Entertainment Podcast, episode 295 for April 25th, 2021. My name's Nathan Reaton Spruth. Joining me this week, we have Andrew Roa McFain. Hello, I am conscious. You are conscious? Was was that going to be a problem today? Uh, no. Yeah. Everything's fine. Did you get wasted last night or something? No, no. Oh, okay, good, good. So, uh, what game, or, um, first off, where can we find you? You can go over to good old Roa.website. website. I'm not doing anything on that page. But I am uh, I'm working on some some other services uh, just to play around with uh, learning how to do a reverse proxy with with Nginx. So uh, might have something something fun with that eventually, which may or may not happen. You know, yeah, uh, that goes. I know exactly how that goes. Yeah. So yep, yeah, all the all those links. Right there, you get the YouTube and and the the. I don't think I don't know if I have my my Glimish on there or not. Have you been streaming on gl- Glimish? Yeah, I found a restream service uh, that works with Glimish. Um, they're actually the same ones that I had originally used for restreaming from Beam. Uh, Is it the Streamax or something like that? Uh, they rebranded. But yeah, it's the same same people. It's called like Aircast, I think, or something like that. I can't remember. Oh man, Apple is gonna sue them. <laughs> Rip off the airdrop is what they're doing. So, uh, or yeah, you, you they, need they have something glimish. else. It's called Air something. Just what? uh, just just make a bunch of embed embeds and put them all. Put your Twitch and your Glimish and your <laughs> put. All of them on autoplay. On the main page. On the main page, yes. Yes. With I, the background like that. music. Perfect. <laughs> that would be the worst site ever. So, yeah, I could see You're you You're right, that. so I need to do it. Yes. <laughs> well, and it would be funny because Glimish is, has zero delay, and then you'd have like seven <laughs> seconds later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. If you if you have your Glimish stream open when you start streaming, it autoplays. Uh, and I forgot that it was open, and I, so I, I started streaming, and there was immediately a bunch of echo, and I was like, "Jesus, what did I do? Where's the echo coming from?" And then I realized that it was it was Glimish. Don't you hate it, it when like it the takes, delay when it takes you like five or ten minutes to figure something like that out? <laughs> I I just like I'm not used to to having a stream that is like that quick 
because it, it really is like not even a hundred milliseconds of latency. It, it's pretty impressive. Is it, that sounds actually might be better than than Mixer was because Mixer had a little bit of delay, like half a second. It, yeah, like it is it is really fast. Like it I that the, I thought it was latency like local on my machine. That's how fast it That's awesome. That's awesome. I've I've yet to try it just because I was burnt before and I just want something safe. You know, it's kind of like with relationships where you just want something safe that that's easy and that's what Twitch no, is. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like a fast and loose uh, I'm going to move on and uh, ask what games you've been playing. <laughs> uh, so yesterday, uh, we tried out a game that uh, actually apparently uh, initially released back in 2019 as like an alpha build. So I can't say for sure that it is riding on the success of Among Us, but uh, it it's definitely like only relevant to anybody at all because of Among Us Now. Uh, and I just realized I can't, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, First Class Trouble. That's it. Um, do you remember a game back in the early 2000s, early to mid 2000s called The Ship? Yes. Yes, I do. It, is, it, it reminds me a lot of that uh, in terms of like the odd like retro future cyber punk but instead of it being like the 80s it's the 20s kind of thing um but it's it's that you're on a space station uh there are imposters there are not imposters and you've got to reach a goal to make the the not imposters win um it has some neat ideas, uh, particularly there's there's like instead of it just being a free for all, like just kill each other uh, or somebody has to determine like who the bad guys are and kill those guys. It's more of like try to figure out which one the bad guys are and don't let them win. Uh, there's like an oxygen timer. So you're on a constant time crunch. Like and the game is doesn't end whenever you kill all of the uh, imposters. You have to agree with everyone who's still alive that all the imposters are dead. Ah, so, so it's it's the thing. Yeah. 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 Um. So yeah, it's uh, like it's it's a neat idea. But it is so very rough, um, and in spite of being in development for two years already, uh, just doesn't feel even close to finished. Uh, and it was not worth the $15, $30 that I paid for it because I bought two copies of it. That uh, sounds... So I refunded both of them. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awful paying that much for a game that's broken, which I will tell you about here when I get to my section. Uh, did you uh, play anything yeah, speaking else? Of... Uh, speaking of it being broken, uh, the voice chat doesn't work in the menu when you're like in a lobby with your friends. Um, we joined the first game that we joined. Um, so it, it has to fill a sixth person. It is six players only. You cannot have any fewer than six players. Uh, 
So the first game that we played, we only had five people. So it filled in a sixth person and it was somebody with a Korean name. And I don't know if it was because they were in Korea or if it was just that that person had really bad networking or if the game itself broke. But we sat for well over a minute at a loading screen where the game was obviously running in the background. Like you could move your mouse around and hear like the audio from various things in the room move around and like you get his escape to open the menu and move the the mouse cursor around but you couldn't see the menu uh so there was just this loading screen sitting in front of everything and then the other player disconnected and i don't know if them disconnecting fixed it or if they just left because they got impatient but then everything worked uh so yeah it's it, it yeah kind of rough Remember, um, remember back in the the like Halo Two and Halo Three days when people will would be the hosts and then they would unplug their networking. Oh yeah, uh, COD Four was like huge for that. That was like it, it, people would uh, they'd wire their their Ethernet cables through a light switch to make a lag switch. Yeah, yeah, and like that. That was upsetting because you'd be like doing okay, and then like halfway through the match, everything would just be like, "Oh, loading, trying to reconnect a host," and then you'd spawn, and they would have like ten more points. Yeah, it was a. It, it was it, not fun. Nothing. There was nothing worse than trying to play COD, and then just all of a sudden, host migration, host migration, and like everyone's teleporting around the map. Yeah. Uh, Any. Huh. Uh, anyway. Did you play anything else? Um, played uh, Digimon World Four. That game isn't good. However, I would say Digimon World Two is actually really good. So I didn't like Digimon World Two when I was a kid, because uh, that's the one that's like a like a dungeon crawler, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I hated that. But um, Digimon World Four, yeah, you're right. It is shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is unbelievably hard. Uh, I had four people playing that. And Jesus Christ, how were children supposed to play that game? You had four we people? We thought that we had accidentally... Yeah, had four people. You have four friends? Well, they're family members. Oh, yeah, yeah, you had four people. Okay. You just yeah. grabbed homeless people, and you're like, playing games with me tonight. <laughs> uh, um... Is we we I got it running in Dolphin and then did it over uh, Parsec. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it um, we thought we had it on hard, but there is no hard, like that you can access from the beginning. You have to beat the game first. <laughs> yeah, and, that game's um, that game's not good. Yeah, no, it's it's awful. Like the way that it's designed, in terms of like the combat, uh, you're too slow and the enemies are too fast. You can't block things reliably because the enemies don't telegraph their attacks. Like, how is that supposed to be a children's game? I don't understand. Well, here's the thing. Um, here's the thing. I just want to bring this up. Digimon World 2, I can see why you that's, you particularly wouldn't like that game because you're not a fan. Oh, yeah. Of... yeah. That's why I said it. That's why I didn't say it was bad. I just yeah. didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, I think, like, if you look at it objectively, it's a good game. But Digimon World yeah. 4 is, like, I played it. It's objectively just not a good game. It's really, yeah, no, really bad. No. And it's it's so weird because like why are Digimon like 
what why are these digimon holding swords and guns and stuff uh it's the later seasons they just they're like <laughs> who gives a shit about fireballs i'll just shoot you <laughs> like i i don't uh, all right i mean i don't i don't even know if you're serious but i can I, believe it i'm joking i know oh okay yeah, like, I, I didn't know, because it was like, what? why does Agumon start with a giant axe? This doesn't make sense. But, yeah, uh, that's, all that, that's all that I played that really matters. We're, okay. we're done here. You did, you did World of Warcraft and City of Heroes and stuff. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, um, yeah City of Heroes, yeah. yeah. I, I played that a couple months ago. I, uh, I loaded up a private server. So yeah, the official ones don't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah, they do not. And the private server was not very populated. So <laughs> I played some Finding of Isaac uh, Repentance, and I, I I didn't know what I wanted to play. So I, I beat Greedfall, and I'm like, man, I need to play. I need to figure out another game to play through because I'm playing through games too fast. I've beaten eight games this year in, in under four months. And they're not that, small that's games. That's kind of impressive. Um, it's impressive and also sad. Uh, very sad. Yeah. It's it's shocking that I have a girlfriend, is what we're saying. So, uh, I, I'm like trying to find out a game, and I was like, you know what? I'll I I have the remaster. I'm gonna play Final Fantasy VIII. And it, it came down to I wanted to either play play through Final Fantasy VIII or Final Fantasy XII because Final Fantasy XII is on. Uh, Game Pass, and so is Final Fantasy VIII Remaster. Uh, but I also own that on Steam. And so I downloaded the remaster, and I'm like, wow, this feels like it's running slower than the PlayStation version. But, I, but I've but i got to be wrong. Uh, but I looked it up. There seemed to be some issues, and so they're like, oh, here's a fix. Well, the fix helped a little bit, but not very much. Turns out, there was a Windows update that broke the game and makes the FPS like 25 frames a second. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, and there's like no way to fix it. I did a fix, and it brought it up to like 30 frames a second, but the original game ran at 60 frames a second. Like the the remaster runs at 60 frames a second, but the cutscenes, oh, but the cutscenes run at 15 frames a second because that's it was PlayStation cutscenes and. Having that oh. level of fidelity, it run, ran at 15 frames a second. So, like, I was like, everything just feels slower. And there were constant, like, dropped. Like, it would constantly drop the FPS. And I was like, what the heck? And I looked it up. Turns out that the remaster just has issues. And they haven't fixed it on the PC. And so, today, I was like, I wonder if I could play Final Fantasy VIII. Because I have the original Final Fantasy VIII. Also, so I have the remake uh, or the remaster, and I have the original release of Final Fantasy VIII, and you can get mods that make it, you know, they bring in the original soundtrack, or you can do different soundtracks um, and just add in different things like uh, quality fixes. And I I downloaded that and I tried it out, and controller support is broken. (laughs) So, like, they just can't Uh. get it. Work. I could I, I could talk to my brother-in-law because he's actually going through and playing all the Final Fantasy games right now, and he finished eight, uh, pretty recently. Was that so on? PC? I can ask him how he did it. Was that on PC? It, it had to have been because oh, okay. he he was playing it like while talking to us on Discord. 
because yeah, he went he went through seven, eight, nine, uh, ten. Tried to play ten two and uh, quit almost immediately. Oh and god, now he is yeah. He's so, burning through twelve. No, I totally agree with him. Uh, Final Fantasy ten two is awful. I pl- I can pl- I played it for like two. I've done it multiple times where I'm like I'm gonna play through this game, <laughs> and I'll play it for like two hours and be like I'm fucking done. Like why? <laughs> and it's the same thing with Final Fantasy thirteen two. I'm like God, I just don't care. I can't find myself giving a shit about these characters. Um, it's, it's it's really interesting because I never realized that like ten two really was their proto like. 13 franchise you know mm-hmm. how like with with 10 2 they were like all right we're just gonna make final fantasy 10 its own like offshoot property like everyone's gonna gonna buy all the 10 games and then 10 2 uh, presumably was a massive flop and yeah. no i don't they think waited it, until 13 i don't think it was i think it actually sold rather well it just wasn't received very well I see. um but here's the thing. So I was like, uh, I'm probably not going to play through eight uh, just because I've had ran into so many issues and it's not that good of a game. It's not very good. Uh, but like Cyberpunk Monk was like, oh, you should play through Final Fantasy 12. And I was thinking about it. And the more I thought about it, the less I wanted to play through Final Fantasy 12. Well, I mean, if you want to play a single player MMO, like. That's the problem. Go for like, it. It's so boring. Like, I would rather just play Final Fantasy XI because I know that's going to take forever and nobody's playing the goddamn game. But at least I can, like, have memories of having good times. I can't do that with twelve. I I don't even like the story very much. And I know Cyberpunk Monk is like, oh, yeah, the story's really good. The gameplay's not great. And I'm like, I don't... I'm, I, I'm not going to do it. Like, I can't... Oh, that's, that's really funny. Why? Because my bro- my brother-in-law had the exact opposite feeling. He was like, I don't know what's going on in the story, and I don't care because it's so boring and uninteresting, but I really like the gameplay. Oh, see, I hate the gameplay. Because you don't really oh. do anything. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it's, uh, it inspired Kingdom Hearts, or, or Kingdom Hearts inspired it with the tell your teammates what to do, and then they handle it. Yeah, and I and and we've discussed this before. I don't like that type of combat where like, um, you're just not in control. I I prefer either totally turn based where you choose every single action, or just totally action based and you just like like Ninja Gaiden. Like I don't want something in between where you're like, oh, it's kind of real time, but also not. And uh, like part of the reason why I don't like the uh, Tales of games, like Tales of Symphonia and stuff, just don't like them. So I'm still trying to struggle to figure out what game I want to play next. Uh, do you have Do you have any ideas of what game I should play next? Uh, you could try Golden Light. I don't know what that is. It is like a first person Binding of Isaac. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That... But it, it's all like. Well, it's mostly melee weapons, but you can get a gun sometimes. There are a couple of guns. Yeah. Uh, but it is a horror roguelike uh, that is in first person. It's very fucking weird um, and very art house, but it's also pretty fun. The only so, the only problem I have with that is like I love roguelikes, but like you it you can't you can 
really beat the game, but you have to like 100% it for to to actually oh, yeah. beat the game. No, there is a there is an ending oh, for okay. Golden Light. Oh. Your goal is to save your your woman uh from the the meat. Yeah, that was the that was actually kind of the problem I had with Undermine, uh which is another roguelike game. It's really good, but it act it like after like twenty hours you're done with it. Like you've unlocked all the items, you've beaten the game multiple times, uh, and and there's just no, like I've unlocked everything in that game when I played Undermine, and it only took me twenty twenty five hours. Where like Binding of Isaac, I've been playing for hundreds of hours and still haven't unlocked everything <laughs> because that game yeah, there, is insane. There is a concrete story, uh, to the game, and. Like there, there is progression to all of it. Oh, so, cool. like, yeah, yeah, I would, I would definitely look at look at it because it, it would probably be up your alley. I'll think about it, but there is one game that I'm going to try to play this week. Uh, it might not be the game I'm going to play through, but it will be a game I'm going to play. It's called Hobo Tough Life. Oh yeah, I saw that come out, and I was like, man, twenty five dollars is a lot to ask. I did it. I I I I did it. That's an hour of work. I'm good. <laughs> well, yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm just I'm gonna do it. Like the reviews are very positive. Like everyone's like, you started as a homeless person, and I sold meth. <laughs> well, it like I feel like I remember people talking about it years ago. Uh, maybe it was just a very similarly titled game, but. Uh, I remember. I feel like I remember people talking about it whenever it was way more rough than it is now. But it actually looks fairly fleshed out. Uh, uh, let's read some of the reviews. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, but you're a homeless person. What? Uh, that's what. That's what they said. That's they said it's like that, but you're homeless, but you're a hobo. Um, Richard, oh. Richard gives it a recommended and says you can sell meth. Uh. <laughs> Then the next person said, resisted arrest, ate food out of garbage can, stole a man's bus pass out of his pocket, ran from a thug, got into a fistfight with an employee after stealing construction materials. Basically, this game is re me reliving my punk days. <laughs> so, Hobo Skyrim. <laughs> yep. So I, uh, I think it'll be fun. It'll at least be a fun stream game. So... Looking forward to that. Um, let's move on. I think uh, I've 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 spoken about all the games I played this week, which was just Binding of Isaac and Final Fantasy. Yeah, we we've we've done our weekly thing of wasting a lot of time talking about video games instead of other stuff. I mean, that's this entire this podcast. Isn't a video game podcast. No, uh, let's move on, and we got some good news to start with. Uh. The PSP, the, not good, good news on that one. PSP store is still closing down, but uh, the PS3 and PS Vita will continue to operate, which I Yay! think is good. I th that's good. Like Sony, kind of listened to their fans by being like, "Oh shit, uh, I guess it does only cost us like eight dollars a month to run this service. We could probably up the bandwidth to more than a hundred kilobytes a second. No, uh, <laughs> fuck it." Yeah, yeah. I wish that the download speed would stop being garbage, but I'm actually very surprised about this. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, 
and like the president of the company is the one who released this statement like obviously his secretary wrote it but it's just cool that they put his name on it yeah like to try to make it seem more sincere yeah this isn't this isn't me going oh thank you based sony oh thank you for not closing down store (laughs) but like i'm happy about it i appreciate it yeah yeah i'm happy uh i think that not that i play my playstation 3 quite often but i think the store should just at least stay there so that people can play games and And, like you buy games that otherwise wouldn't be available period well and you have a a Vita, like you actually have the physical console of the Vita that you can I buy do. games with. Yeah, uh, and it, it, it would be like virtually useless without the PlayStation Store's functionality. Yeah, it's almost like you'd have to hack. You know, it. outside of piracy. Yeah, outside of piracy. I I think that's neat. Uh, the, not a story really. I I kind of wanted to min- like put it as a story, but it's not really that big of news. Uh, did you see that the old creative director for Days Gone? Uh, got a little bit of of flack because he was he was complaining about how people did not buy Days Gone at launch, really. Uh, and he said, "Oh, imagine that." And apparently, it's partially because of the mixed uh, reviews, uh, and partially because it's a new IP, so people were kind of hesitant to buy it. And yeah. Uh, now people are like, Wait, well, why isn't there going to be a sequel, sequel to Days Gone? Because it came out that Days Gone 2 isn't coming out. And the old creative director, John Garvin, uh, was like, yeah, you know, if, if you want us to, or if you want them to actually... Like, nobody bought so, it. Yeah, if you want them to support a franchise, buy the games at full fucking price. That's what he said. And part of me is like, yes, I agree. Like, part of me agrees with him. I know where he's coming from. But on another side, like it's hard when it's a game that you're not sure about, and it's sixty mm-hmm. bucks, and you do a piss poor job of marketing what kind of game it even is. Yeah, because it definitely and maybe some of that was Sony's fault. I don't know, but I know that like I I didn't understand. I still am not one hundred percent sure of what kind of game it is. It's uh, a it's a narrative is it an open world game it is open world yes well okay see like (laughs) so it is and isn't um it's it is open world it's kind of open world like uh gta 3 uh and what i mean is you have like your base area that you start on and as you progress further more areas open up but it's like it's just like a linear story progression or are there is there side stuff to do? There's side is there stuff. A point in exploring. There's side stuff to do. There's a point in exploring because you can like, uh, you know, get experience points and level up and. Um... I, I think I think what fucked it the most to me is that like, it seemed like they were trying to paint it as like a more action packed like, uh, Last of Us or something. Uh, because they like they showed off that it has like stealth gameplay and shit, but then there are also the zombies and like, they didn't really hey, indicate hey. how much the, how the zombies worked. What? Hey, the freakers. Oh, sorry. Freakers. <laughs> Got to get it. I wrecked. <laughs> I well, forgot that that was even a thing. And, and here's the thing. Like I, uh, 
it's it's hard for me to say, speak ill because I actually worked with John, right? Like he's I know, yeah. Um, so I I understand where he's coming from, but on the other hand, like as a gamer, like sixty dollars is a lot of money, and now they're raising prices. They want yeah. to raise it to seventy bucks, and I don't. I haven't actually seen any games start getting released at seventy dollars, but I know that they're thinking about it, and that's just going to make it even more difficult for a game like this to succeed. Uh, I, I guarantee you, and I think uh, Resident Evil is already kind of doing this, what it's going to be is they're going to release the base game at $70, uh, and then they're going to release like a super premium edition like they have been, but it's going to be $90 instead of like $80 or whatever. Uh, uh, and they're going to make it seem like that's the better deal anyway, because all you're doing is paying $60 for the game, but then $30 for the season pass and all this shit. Yeah. That's what they're going to do. I don't like that. And from from what I read about the interview, it seems like John got let go. Oh, um, well, fuck that then. Because... He said, like, at, shortly after the game was released, he left Ben Studio. And he was like, yeah, so when you have a new franchise you're trying to start out, and you're the creative director, you're the one who kind of everything falls on, and the game doesn't succeed, you're probably not going to be the lead creative director for very long. Yeah. That that's and, and like that hurts. You know, the, the other thing, too, and I, like, it doesn't mean anything really coming from an outside person because I, I'm not in the games industry by any means. I've never done a project of any scale really, but it like things like that happening make me think, all right, if your sales forecasts don't say that you're going to get that much from the, from the initial purchases at $60, maybe the, budget needed to be reduced you know yeah well, um, there, there were a few and i know things. that like yeah. it, that's easy for me to say from outside because like how do you know and especially whenever you have the pretty impressive ai tech that was going on there and uh like they had the canceled veto port and all that that was probably a lot of money that was wasted like that's un- yeah. it's it, it all sucks and I, I don't blame the team entirely it kind of sounds like it was probably Sony that was pressuring them that kind of fucked them the most. From what but also, you can't blame consumers for not spending $60 yeah. on a game that isn't marketed particularly well. Yeah, from what I understand uh, from article articles I've read online, um, the Vita port really didn't get that far in development. Um, so I don't think they wasted that much money on it. I think it was just like a prototype of certain things going on. Uh but then they they quickly switched over to the PS4. I think the there were a few things that killed it. First off, it got delayed multiple times. Uh, secondly, low sales. Um, I think that was the big one. Uh, but it 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 actually didn't have that low of sales, from what I understand. Like it made a profit. Um, because it just wasn't enough. No, it was the Metacritic scores. Uh, and know. Metacritic scores mean everything to a lot of studios. Well, at least big publishers. Yeah, so because the Metacritic scores weren't that high, like I guess half the team is working on different stuff. Uh, half of them's working with Naughty Dog to help them, and then half of them are working on an unrelated project that I have no idea about. So uh, I actually have no idea about it. They, When I was there, it was all, 
hey, day's gone. And hey, if this does well, day's gone too. And then, oh, it guess didn't. it didn't. <laughs> now we're working on something else. Let's move on. We're gonna, we have a lot of stuff to talk about on the next one. Uh, Xbox is removing X, the live gold restriction from a bunch of free-to-play multiplayer games, which, good. They shouldn't have had the Xbox gold requirements anyway. No shit. Uh, man, why do I do this to myself? We've got three-on-three freestyled. Aegis Wind. Hey, I'm sorry. Aegis Wing. What is... I have no idea. APB Reloaded, which I forgot existed. Apex Legends. Armored Warfare, which is not an armored core game. Battle Ages. Battle Islands. Battle Islands Commanders. Bless Unleashed. Brawlhalla. Call of Duty Warzone. Hey, that's actually pretty... That's good. That's... I'm sure that'll actually probably get a lot of people playing... More people playing Call of Duty. Uh, oh, holy shit. You didn't know what Aegis Wing was, but you probably will recognize it if you see the box art. Okay. Let me... Let me... Let me see. Google Aegis Wing. Um... I posted it in the discussion. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, you, you remember scrolling past that on the Xbox Live Arcade? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that does not look good. Uh, um, where was I? Call of Duty Warzone Crackdown and Crackdown 2. Were those free to play? Uh, okay. Maybe on Game Pass. Uh, the feature should go live on all players. Okay. Uh, Crimson Alliance Crossout. C. I assume this is cursed. C R S E D F O A D. Cursed Fode? Darwin Project. Dauntless. DC Universe Online. Dead or Alive 5. Ooh. Last Round Core Fighters. Dead or Alive 6 Core Fighters. Defiance DOA 2050. DOA sucks. Uh, yeah, it does. Uh, you know, I like DOA 3. DOA 3 was really good. Uh, Destiny 2. Doritos Crash Course. Well, I know the next game I'm oh, playing. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, Dungeon <laughs> Defenders 2. Enlisted. Eternal Card Game. Family Game Night. Fishing Planet. Fortnite. <laughs> Galaxy Control Arena. Gems of War. Happy Wars. Happy Wars. Um, Harm's Way. Hawken. I think Hawken is that... Uh, it's a, Wait, it's is a mech game. Wait, is still alive? Yeah, apparently. I thought they shut down. Me too. Hyperscape. Oh, I think the, I think Hi- Hyperscape is that Ubisoft one. Yeah, yeah, the one that uh, I never even played it's after I installed good. it. Yeah, it's not great. Um, Killer Instinct, Corgan, Minion Masters, Neverwinter. That's actually that's another MMO. Outriders demo. The out. But what? You had to. What? Like, <laughs> what? I think I like how our brains were just broken. That a demo required you to have Xbox Live Gold. <laughs> um, Paladins, Path of Exile, uh, Fantasy Star Online Two. That is really good, actually. Uh, yeah. That's another uh, that along with Warzone, I think, are going to be the big ones people start downloading. Phantom Dust, Pinball FX Two, Prominence Poker, Realm Royale, Rec Room. Resident Evil what? Revelations 2, uh, Roblox, Rocket League, Rogue Company, Skyforge, Smite, Space Lords, 
Spellbreak, Star Trek Online, Tech Wars Global Conflict, Terra, The Four Kings Casino and Slots, Too <laughs> Human. Huh? I, huh? Maybe there's a multiplayer thing to Too Human? I. Are we thinking? Yep, that's the yeah. game. I have no idea. Trove. Vigor. Maybe they just started throwing like games in here, thinking nobody would read the whole list. Uh, Vigor. Two Human is free. Wait, Microsoft. Microsoft owns Two Human. That doesn't surprise me at all. They published it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, Warface, Warframe, World of Tanks, World of Warships Legends, and lastly, Yaris. Uh, I remember when that came out. I remember when the Doritos game came out. Yeah, I remember the Doritos one too. There are a couple games on here that, like, I think their population will be boosted a bit. Uh, the big ones, obviously, are going to be Fortnite, uh, Apex Legends, Call of Duty, and Fantasy Star Online. I think those games uh, are going to see a pretty significant boost in population now that the Xbox Live Gold requirement isn't there anymore so that's good right i think that i think that that's a good thing uh and they should never have had a a requirement for that for free-to-play games anyway that's just i shouldn't be making people pay to play online period yeah that's that's bad i know it costs money to have servers and stuff but look at steam like they also like yeah, look at Steam because they have the same platform. Like Microsoft doesn't it, like people have always had the impression that whenever you're paying for live gold, you're paying for the multiplayer servers and you're not. You're paying for the friends list functionality, the party chat functionality, and sometimes matchmaking is built on it. But outside of that, the the developers slash publisher has to run their own servers. Yeah. And they just authenticate through live. Yeah, it's it's silly. So uh, this is good. I think it's a good thing. Hopefully more games will be included in this. They should just take out the multiplayer thing for Xbox Live Gold anyway, because they're going to make all their money with Game Pass most likely. Mm-hmm. And they should just they should just wrap like I know they have wrapped it in the gold. Yeah, you got you got to pay for ultimate. You can get ultimate. I think it should just be included with Game Pass. Like just it's 10 bucks now, I think for it. So yeah. just make it just have that $10 it's like 15. included. It's 15 for ultimate. It's 15 which... for ultimate or 10 per. Yeah. But like ultimate is like basically you if you're paying another $5 a month, you're paying for what Xbox Live Gold costs anyway. But yeah. then you're getting all this other shit with Ultimate. So, like, just fucking, like, I don't know. They're, yeah. They just want to double dip and they, they can get away with it. So they're going yeah. to. Uh, one thing that Microsoft can't do is purchase Discord. Apparently. Thank piss. I know. Apparently, Discord has decided to remain independent and they may end up becoming a uh, publicly traded company, which would be very good for Discord. Uh, I don't know if it would be good for us because once they have to start answering to stockholders, that might make the functionality even worse. 
I don't know what is scarier, having to listen to stockholders or Microsoft. <sighs> I guess stockholders aren't going to just arbitrarily shut you down. That's true, but apparently Discord isn't pop isn't profitable. So oh. maybe they would. Also, you know, for as much shit as we like to give Microsoft, their gaming division has done a pretty good job the last few years. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Like, what would they do? The one thing I could see if they did purchase Discord that might be pretty neat is start rolling Discord into, like, the Xbox ecosystem more. So, like, oh... Uh, we have it integrated with our Games Pass, our Xbox Game Pass for PC, so you can chat with Discord while playing games on Game Pass. That you know, might be actually, cool. yeah, if they replaced the like Xbox Live Parties functionality entirely with like an Xbox, like you know, on the Xbox Series X, whatever, like if they replaced all that with Discord, that would probably actually have been a big boon for microsoft yeah but uh you know i thought the same thing about skype and they never did that like, yeah it's you would think well, that, that they did have been, skype they did but it wasn't integrated like it is and and no. they have discord <laughs> discord's on the xbox what you didn't know that no yeah yeah i discord haven't used my on. xbox since you came over discord on xbox yep how to use discord on xbox one Oh, uh, son of a bitch. Yep. I yep, guess you yep. can just snap it or whatever. Uh, Discord on Xbox One is a brilliant way to keep in touch with friends and keep them up to date with all your top gaming activities. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're heading off to fight bad guys as an adventure, galloping across the Old West in Red Dead Redemption, or something else entirely. It is now available on Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S, and you can keep in touch with millions of PC gamers. So... Well, yep. Yep, it's there. It's just not yeah. implemented in the games or anything. Anyway, uh Google Fi. You wanna move over to Google Fi? Huh? Huh? No, they still don't have good family plans. Uh you know, actually, I will say, uh the new plan isn't too bad. I mean oh, yes. Oh, you, I see the I see this now. You would be paying probably more than what you're paying right now with, with consumer cellular. But I believe not, I would be. It's not bad, so but I, I I don't like this plan, and I'll tell you why in a second. So they, they have implemented a new unlimited plan, and the new unlimited... So there's three plans now. There's the uh, the flexible plan, which is the one I'm on. I pay about 60 bucks a month for two people. It's great. And that's with buying a phone. Uh, otherwise, it'd, mm. be, it'd be down to like $45 a month. Um, then you have the simply unlimited plan, uh, and then you have the ultimate unlimited plan. And the simply unlimited plan starts at $60 a month per line. But that's if you only have one line. Once you go, uh, once you get two lines, it ends up becoming $45 a line. And once you get three lines, it's $30 a line. And that's unlimited talk, text, and data. Of course, the data, you know, after 20 some odd gigs or whatever, it throttles or whatnot. But it's pretty much the same as any other unlimited plan. Um, you can still call and text to anywhere, um, basically with for free, 
uh, or are included in the plan. Um, the Simply Unlimited plan, the new one, allows you to travel to um, Canada and Mexico with no increase to your plan. So talk and text are the same. I think you may be paying a little bit for the talk, but your, your data is the same and your texting is the same. That's the problem I have with the plan because I really like the international travel and it's only for Canada and Mexico with the Simply Unlimited. If you jump up to the other unlimited plan, uh, it it includes it includes like 180 countries that you can travel to and your plan doesn't go up. However, you can, with Google Fi, switch between the three plans. So say you're you're interested in like going to Japan or, or um, Europe, European countries or something, you can just switch on the, the more expensive unlimited plan for a month, travel over there, and then turn it off when you get back home. Uh, so for you, how many people do you have on your plan? Four. Four. So you'd be paying $30 online. So it'd be 120 bucks a month, which I believe is still more than what you're paying right now. Yeah, so I just calculated it. If I split up my uh, my base cost of $30 a month uh, for unlimited minutes and then another $20 a month for unlimited texts and 10 gigs of data, uh, I split that up between the four of us and then add back in how much each line is, which is 10 bucks. Uh, I mean, we're, we're paying like a little over $20 a line. So it's substantially cheaper to be on consumer cellular still. Yeah. I now mean... there, there is the other thing of like, you have to choose either AT&T or T-Mobile on consumer cellular. Whereas with Fi, it's, it will swap between the three different ones. As long as you have a Fi compatible device. Yeah. Yeah, but that's pretty also neat. like I'm paying I'm paying fifty dollars a month uh additionally for a couple of iPhones that we're paying off. Uh yeah. and it's still like less than what we would be paying for the four lines on Fi. Yeah. Yeah. I I still have Fi, but again I have the flexible plan. So for between the two of us it's like sixty to seventy bucks a month for, for two. And that's with me buying a phone at fifteen dollars a month. So it's not it's not too terrible. And the international travel is really cool because you can just go anywhere. And if you're doing that with consumer cellular, it would suck. <laughs> I, I can tell you, it sucks to do anything international travel wise. Uh, even if you turn on, I've my roommate had consumer cellular, and his dad was like, "I gotta go to Mexico because." Uh, my roommate's grandpa was having issues. And so he's like, I got to go down to Mexico. And so my friend called up Consumer Cellular and was like, I need international travel turned on like now. And the guy's like, okay. And so they turned it on. But when his dad arrived in Mexico, it didn't work. Uh. And the one thing I will say about Fi is that when I got to Japan, I turned on my phone and it was like, hey, it looks like you're in Japan. Give us a second. And then it went do and I was activated on the the Japan cell towers. It was great. It was just it, it was automatic. 
Uh, and if you're able to get stuff like that working in Canada or Mexico, uh, it's very expensive because I've been looking up, you know, you always see those ads for like Mint Mobile and stuff like, oh, it's $15 a month. Uh, so I was like, I looked it up and I was like, I wonder what the international travel is. And I looked up the cost. It would be, I forget how much it was per megabyte, but it was like five cents or 25 cents, 20 cents per megabyte, something like that. I did. I think it was 20 cents a megabyte. So it ended up being for one gig of data, $200. Jesus. I was like, oh man, I am not switching because like for international travel, Google Fi is the best plan to use. Uh, yeah. Not that anyone's doing international travel right now, but uh, that's, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Once we can. And even so, if you're, if, if, if you're looking for a phone plan and you're like, man, I am, I do want to, maybe, I, maybe you go to Mexico or Canada a lot uh, once this, once everything's lifted, or you're even going there right now for business and stuff. Uh, that simply unlimited plan includes Canada and Mexico travel uh, with no increase to your your price. So, I don't know. It seems like a good deal. Um, right now, I think you can get a hundred dollars if you switch, uh, and and use my reference code. Uh, <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, let's get a little mad at Humble Bundle. Who's mad at Humble Bundle? Me. Me too. You know who owns Humble Bundle? Uh, I forget. IGN. What? You didn't know IGN bought Humble Bundle like a couple years ago? I forgot about that. Yeah. And so, they, you know, of course, they said, oh, nothing's going to change. We're just going to leave. It's profitable the way it is. We're, we're just going to leave it the way it is. And then they've just screwed you over. Uh, basically, if you don't know what Humble Bundle is, what they do is they, they get a bunch of games and they put them in a collection. And you say, hey, I've got some sliders. I can give X amount of percent to charity, some to the developers, and some to Humble Bundle. Then there are, you know, there's a humble store. We can just buy games like Epic Games or Green Men Gaming or whatever. And then there's also, there was also something else that my brain is skipping on. There, oh, the humble, humble select. Is that it? Oh, uh, it, it's a humble choice now. Hum, humble choice. Uh, where it's $12 a month and you get games included in there. It, it, whenever they changed it to humble choice, it got really stupid. Because now they're like different pricing tiers and each tier gives you a different number of games that you can choose. I have the classic plan because I happened to buy into it a month before they changed to the new choice thing. Um, so I get I get all of the games every month. But yeah, it's not a good deal unless you unless you either only want like four games in that month or you manage to get the classic plan. Yeah, so they have since changed it. So there used to be sliders, and you could literally just move the slider over and give 100% of what you pay to charity. And then basically give 0% to uh, the publisher and 0% to Humble Bundle. Uh, or I'm sorry, the developer, and then 0% to Humble Bundle, because they would be the publisher at that point. However... No, not necessarily. Yeah, Whatever. I don't care. So, 
they they have changed it to where you only get a checkbox. You get to either give 5% to charity or you can select a checkbox, which is... 15. What, well, I wanted to know what it was called. Oh, extra to charity is what it was called. Uh, which places a hard cap on the donation amount to 15%. So a minimum of 85% will be diverted uh, to Humble and the publishers of the game in each bundle. So a maximum of 15% will be given to charity, which a lot of people are mad about. And I, I still like Humble Bundle because you can get some really cool stuff for pretty cheap however i don't like the way that they're going about it i i I think you should i i get it that you need if you want to make a profit you want to say we can only give x amount to charity but i think 15 percent is too low and maybe maybe i would have kept the sliders but made it so that you could only move the charity up to like 50 percent uh, that way, Humble Bundle and the developer could would get a certain amount of the the profit there, like they would still be at twenty five percent apiece. That's what I'm thinking, but that's just me. What are your thoughts on it? Um, <sighs> yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you. I get, I get that like Humble needs to make money, um, presumably like they they are hurting or something i can only imagine that this is motivated by some kind of expense report that's like hey we're we're paying to license the ability to sell these games and then people are just giving all the money to charity or not us otherwise or or maybe like we don't know we don't know how these bundles are done who pays who and all that but one way or another, whoever gets the money isn't getting enough money for their liking, and it's hurting Humble in the end. So, obviously, like that—that's why they they decided to make this change. But doing it all of a sudden like this, uh, I it, like it's probably a, a rip off the band aid kind of thing. Uh, it, I think it's a it's a bad move, um, and I think it's gonna it's gonna push some people away from the platform more than they already have been because like i don't know if you have looked at a lot of the humble bundles as of late but i don't remember the last time that i bought one um like i i I said i I get the monthly one but i actually pause my subscription a lot of months because there's maybe one game in the entire pack of games and i could just buy that for ten dollars instead of paying like 12 or 13 to get all these other games i'm never going to touch what do you mean you don't want to buy the humble manga bundle yaoi by me <laughs> by media doe but and i don't want to buy sony vegas you know and i especially don't want to pay 50 dollars for sony vegas and a bunch of like stock footage or two different audio workstation softwares yeah like both of which are owned by Magix, which hasn't done anything with any of the software that they purchased in, 
years. Like, like Sony Vegas 15 or whatever looks exactly the same as Sony Vegas 7 that I used back on Windows XP. Like, and, and I mean, here's the thing. DaVinci's DaVinci Resolve has a free version. DaVinci and... Resolve is free. I found an open source uh, video editor called Olive that yeah. I have yet to try out, but actually looks kind of promising. It does, but it's only in like point two right now. Well, yeah, yeah. It, like it's it's still pretty early and pretty rough, but it has like node based effects and shit. Like it looks pretty solid considering. So I, yeah. I'm actually gonna probably try that out this week sometime and and see how it goes. Uh, I did. But... I did a um. I, I did a video that I put on my YouTube's, and uh, I tried out my new camera my new camera uh i was watching reviews of it and they're like oh it has pretty bad low light uh so once you get low light it becomes kind of grainy uh but other than that it's a great camera and then i was like i need to do this unboxing but i have no place to really do it that has good light so i did it in my kitchen and my roommate has been talking about uh changing out the the light in the kitchen or in the dining room area since I moved in there. But he's like, ah, whatever. I've never done it. And so it has really shitty lighting. And so you can tell it's like super grainy. <laughs> Made me very mad. But uh, with DaVinci Resolve, I was like, oh, I'll just do it as MP4, you know, whatever, 1080p. And I made it. Uh, and there's a couple things about the free version of DaVinci Resolve I don't like. One is it doesn't use your, your GPU for rendering. You have to buy oh. the you have to buy the studio version for that. I didn't know that. I Yeah. Are you sure? I am positive. I looked it up. Wow. That yeah. explains a lot cuz I cuz I, I did uh my, that one phasmophobia video I edited in DaVinci mm -hmm. uh just to try to try it out again. And I was like, "Damn, it is taking a long time to render this video that has nothing to it." so yep. that explains a lot yeah uh, so it'll use your gpu for like you know stuff within davinci so like playing the video back and transitions and stuff but when you're yeah, actually... But actually rendering the the mpeg yeah and then i was like okay so this was like an eight minute video i'm just gonna wait i'm just gonna you know upload it and blah blah i'm like why is it gonna take an hour and a half to upload <laughs> and i looked and it was 13.9 gigs oh my god and I was like, oh, I'm just going to select the YouTube 1080p. <laughs> oh, you know that. what? I had the same thing happen. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, I've also had problems with DaVinci where like, um, while we're getting off topic, but uh, have Whatever. you edited in it and then found that the waveform of your audio just does not match up with the audio at all? I haven't, but I haven't looked that closely like i'll watch the video back and be like it looks and sounds fine i'm done oh okay yeah no i i use the waveform to like tell when i need to cut stuff a lot of the time oh that's um, smart yeah that's smart <laughs> and i uh i the last time that i used it for that phasmophobia video it was i couldn't i couldn't do it because the waveform was like like over 10 seconds off from what was actually playing in the video. That's what, and uh, it just, it does it every time I import footage. I don't know if my installs broken or what, but 
it has happened with the last two times that I've used uh, DaVinci and like between separate installs. So I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. That's weird. Try Olive. Try it out. Tell me how it works. I, I'm yeah. I'm going to this week. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot because I've been uh, using a trial version of Adobe Premiere uh, for you know years now, and I'd kind of like to get away from that. Not yeah. not for any moral reason. It's just like, man, fuck Adobe. Yeah. Um, No, I I totally understand. I was going to say that a lot of like professional voice actors will have like a clicker um, that just makes like a very sharp sound, just goes click. Uh, And so when they mess up a line, they'll click it. That way they know where to cut because they'll look at the waveform and see that big, like that one thing that they can just recognize. Like, hey, there's where I clicked. There's where I snapped my fingers, whatever. Uh, you you want to know a little secret? Um, I've done that on some of the videos that I've recorded, not live streams, but stuff where I've recording recorded it locally, and I like something interesting happened. I just had a thing that would make a loud beep sound that was like just a couple of frames, so that I could uh, I could find that spot in the footage. Oh, see, I've done that before, uh, but I write down the time. I, I so. started out doing that, but I found that it like it broke up like the video for me, like because if I'm on like some kind of roll in terms of my commentary, or just like it would be awkward to pause and then write down the time and then unpause, like, and I I had done like a hotkey that would save the current time to a Notepad file, but then sometimes the recording didn't line up with the time in the notepad file. And that was actually why for a few streams, I had a little timer in the corner of the screen that, that it was a clock uh, so that I couldn't line it up. Um, but so I had, a cl- I had a clock in the corner of the fucking screen all the time. It looks stupid. Yeah, I think, I think I've told you, um, but I'm going to tell you again. And I, I and th- you're going to have to tell me if you think this is a good idea. So I have a professional wrestling slash like boxing bell. So when when something needs to be saved, I should just ding that bell really hard. Yes. <laughs> just, that should just be that should be your your thing for like that was a funny joke. Ding ding ding. <laughs> and that'll be oh. your, that'll be your calling card. That that's your gimmick. I want I want to live in an apartment build, building and do that. <laughs> just like at 3 a.m. to ding, ding, ding. I get the kicked out. fucking guy upstairs is ringing his goddamn bell again. <laughs> uh, so, Humble Bundle sucks. Uh, let, let's move on. Now now we're getting into the story. We're getting into three stories that Aroa brought up. So all the stories previously are ones that I thought of. Uh, well, not thought of, that just happened this week. I just made them up. Those stories were fake. <laughs> None of those real. None of it was real. Um, now we're gonna move on to Apple is getting Apple is being sued for terminating terminating an account with twenty five thousand dollars worth of apps and videos. Now, I didn't read through this, but what I assume is that there was somebody who has bought twenty five thousand dollars worth of apps and videos, and they yep. terminated his account so that he has he or she has no access to it. Correct. Okay. That's why did they terminate their account? Um, you know, I don't think they say 
in the article. Uh, uh, Apple is facing two cl class action suits over the meaning of words rent and buy. In the first suit, lead plaintiff David Andino argues that Apple's definition of the two words is deceptive since the company can terminate their product IDs, their Apple IDs, along with them, uh, access to content they purchase using the buy button. That's fair. Uh, he is arguing that Apple allows consumers to rent content rather than purchase it outright. If he had known that his access could be cut off at any time, he would have not spent as much money on his iTunes content. That's fair. I yeah. think that's a fair argument because if you're buying something, that means you should own it. Uh, yep. Just like Best Buy cannot come into a person's home to repossess the movie that such a person purchased from it, Apple should not be able to remove digital content from its consumers' purchase folders. I agree. Yeah. And um, uh, they, they mention elsewhere in the article that Amazon is defending itself from a similar lawsuit uh, yeah. because basically Amazon reserves the right to cut off your access to content that you purchased previously. And then um, there's the second class action lawsuit, uh, which is related to terminating Apple IDs, lead plaintiff Matthew Price claims that he lost $24,590.05 in iTunes, the App Store, and in-app purchases, along with $7.63 in account credit, which became inaccessible when Apple terminated his account. Uh, but I don't see why they terminated it. I'm wondering what he did to get it terminated. He probably joined a not safe for work discord. That's, that's what happened. Ha ha. Ha ha See, we're going back to last week, the episode you shouldn't uh, listen to. If you, if they suspect that you breached their terms and conditions for any reason, they can terminate your account. Yeah. Uh, not, not even like if you actually do it. But if they suspect that you did. Um, if all of those purchases uh, and videos were made on iOS devices, that would take up well over a terabyte. No iPhone currently offers terabyte of storage, and iPad Pros only began offering the, the amount of storage in 2018. Price opened his Apple account in January 2018. In case of apps, the storage question is moot. If he had to restore his device, many of his apps and in-app purchases would have to be fetched from Apple servers. For 4K videos sold through iTunes, there isn't an option to download copies to store locally. Such content can only be streamed no matter, matter the device, though consumers can download HD versions. Similarly, some HDR content is only available for streaming, though Apple's support document does not identify which videos that applies to. It says you may be able to download Dolby version and HR or HDR versions to your OS, iPad OS, and Mac OS devices. Um, so I'm I'm going through the actual lawsuit, and okay. they give several they give multiple examples of people's accounts being disabled, and it appears that Apple will disable your account for various unknown reasons, um, but it's usually something with uh fraudulent credit card activity uh, i thought or, you were gonna say dick pics but no yeah. it, um if like something weird happens where you do an in-app purchase and somehow that purchase fails and it flicks some kind of fraud alert they'll just lock your account or terminate it immediately without really notifying you 
Um, that seems to happen sometimes. Sometimes they just don't tell you why. They they just go, nope, you violated our terms of service for some reason. Um, like it, it, and this just kind of happens to some people. So it, we don't really know for sure why. Uh, but oh yeah. Uh, on or around October 29th, 2020, Apple determined that Mr. Price breached its terms and conditions and without notice, explanation, policy, or process terminated Mr. Price's Apple ID, which has deprived him of the $24,590.05 of services and content he purchased through Apple. Mr. Price also had $7.63 of unspent funds in his Apple account when Apple terminated his Apple ID. Now Mr. Price can no longer access or spend these funds. That uh, is lame. Yeah, that's uh, fucking stupid. Um, but yeah, the reason that I brought this up uh, isn't like specifically because Apple sucks, even though Apple kind of sucks. Uh, it is also just that this is the nature of where we are in terms of consumerism. Uh, a lot of the times you don't own uh, what you're buying unless you have a physical copy of it. And even then, it's questionable. Because, like, yeah, you may own a physical copy of an MMO, but if the MMO shuts down or the online servers for that physical copy of Diablo 3 that you bought uh, don't work, you can't play your game. You you just don't have it. Uh, Sony took away your ability to play PT on the PS4. You can't even re-download it anymore. Uh, I, uh, it's uh, gone. Um, the Simpsons arcade game on the PS3. Yeah, uh, for a long time, um, uh, Scott Pilgrim on the PS3. Yep, that was that was locked uh, to PS3 consoles until they finally re-released it. Uh, well, and earlier and this I, year, I believe it was Xbox 360 and PS3. I think it was on both of them. Uh, I don't think so. I thought it was both. I thought I I could could have swore it was it was on both and they got taken down at the same time deadpool is another one that got uh taken away i think it might have been brought back uh you could download it but you couldn't buy it anymore um there was the uh turtles in time remake that they made a few years back oh yeah yeah that was taken down there are a lot of games that are like that that you purchase but then they get delisted not only do they get delisted they you can't even re-download them which is I think should be criminal because you bought yeah. them. You're basically stealing from the consumer. You're taking back what they purchased from you. Yeah. And that's, that's fucked up. Um, like they, they should at least have to give you a refund. Apple should have to give this guy $25,000. Yep. Like the, that's just all there is to it. I like, the um, idea. I like the idea that Apple just has a team of people. Uh, it, that's, the team of people are just there. They show up, and it's like, okay, you have a quota. You just have to arbitrarily cancel five <laughs> people's accounts a day. Just <laughs> just go through randomly and just be like, I don't like this person's name, and just cancel their account and just see what happens. A uh, couple of the of the screenshots in the lawsuits, or in the lawsuit, um, mention in-app purchases for like shitty fucking free-to-play games. So, so in that in that mindset, like uh, I like the idea that they're like, "Oh fuck this guy! Why did you pay real money for that? Fuck you, <laughs> banned." 
<laughs> it's just idle games. Make a new Apple account, loser. Yeah. Um, let's move on. We're going to talk about the next story. Uh, hackers have backdoored PHP source code after breaching internal Git server. Yeah, so uh, this is pretty fucked up. Yeah, Git, or, or PHP is basically used on every website. Uh, a lot of them. It's yeah. not as prominent now as it used to be. Uh, for those not in the know, PHP is a server-side uh scripting language i guess you could call it a programming language kind of not really um so basically php uh lets you run processes on a server so that way whenever somebody interacting with a website does a thing it'll send a request to the server the server can take that and respond to it um it's kind of been superseded by node.js in a lot of uh places uh, and also just JavaScript running within the browser. Like, uh, it, it's a little archaic um, compared to other things, but it, it is still very prominent, especially in WordPress. WordPress is basically built on top of PHP entirely. Um, actually, a lot of the stuff in uh, NextCloud uh, uses PHP. So, like, it, it's far from dead. But, um, yeah, so... PHP uh, apparently has two different Git servers uh, for hosting the source code of PHP. Um, they have one on GitHub, but then they also had one that was hosted on uh, the PHP Foundation or whatever, the the, the group that runs PHP. Uh, they, they have their own server on their website. Um, and the way that they had been doing things was that uh, they would push an update to the internal git.php.net server and then separately would push it out to the GitHub. Uh, well, somebody managed to break into that git.php.net server and put a backdoor into PHP itself so that you could essentially do whatever you wanted as long as you knew the secret password that gave you God powers over all of PHP. Uh-oh. Uh, and this got this this got pushed into PHP source code, meaning that if you updated or or copied and, and installed PHP, if you compiled PHP on your server while this update was out there, uh, you have a backdoor on your web server that anybody who knows the secret password Zerodium. Uh, can do whatever they want on your server. And somebody figured uh, that out. Yeah. Uh, I guess somehow somebody like was going through change or, or uh, pull requests and noticed that. Uh, and it was pretty wild. Uh, the, the exact um, commit was uh, this line executes PHP code from within the user agent HTTP header if the string starts with Zerodium. So basically, you could push a, a message to the server that's just Zerodium, and then whatever you wanted to do, and the server would just do it. <laughs> How long has and this the, been around? Um, it didn't last very long. Okay. Uh, it, was, it was only like a few days, it, it looks like. 
but like absolutely terrifying that this could even happen. Um, 80, oh wow, 80% of the internet uh, runs on PHP. Oh yeah, so who it's knows? a huge amount. Yeah, who knows how many people this could have affected. Um, and so in response to this, they've shut down the internal Git server uh, entirely. They're just not going to use it anymore. Um, and they're putting everything on GitHub uh, 100%. That's uh, because it just has a lot better uh, authentication backbone, which I have my own problems with that just from the perspective of like, what happens if GitHub goes down? Uh, what happens if Microsoft decides that they don't like PHP anymore, you know? Um, and the answer is like, they'll hopefully keep a local copy of the Git repository. And then if for one reason or another, the GitHub one gets trashed, they can put it on GitLab or Bitbucket or something like that, you know? So uh, I I think we should move move on. I think we should be done. Uh, we have, obviously we have zero other stories to talk about, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, nothing lie. else really all that exciting or interesting happened. I um, guess I guess at we all. could talk about Apple. <sighs> I mean, I'm we, usually like the closest thing to an Apple apologist that we have. And even I'm like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is from nine to five Mac, which they I they're nine to five Mac. I assume that they like Mac they products. love to suck on Tim Cook's hard cock. All yes. day and night. So, um, um, they had an Apple <laughs> conference on Tuesday. The what was Tuesday? The nineteenth, the twentieth, twentieth. Yeah, twentieth. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was four twenty. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it either. I was. I didn't even realize it was happening. I was at work, like bullshitting with my new coworker. It, um, it started right as my shift ended, and I was like, "Now nah, I'm going to bed. I'll just yeah. read the article later." So Apple kicked things off with an update to its services products. First, the Apple Card. Apple announced the new Apple Card family feature, which lets users share the same Apple Card with other family members. Don't do this. Um, <laughs> Apple says that it created the feature to reinvent how spouses, partners, and people you trust most share credit cards and build credit together. Don't do this. Um, <laughs> I So, okay, like... I don't really know how it works. I haven't looked into it because I don't really care. Um, it's like having I a joint bank account. Yeah. Like, I could see it like where you could share your card with your spouse. But do that'd be about it. Don't do it. Not even with your spouse. Uh, I know somebody who uh, they they married somebody and that person like... So the, the, the female I know married a cop. And the cop you know, he was quite a bit older. He was like 11 years older, uh, had, you know, bought a house, you know, seemed like everything was in order, right? Uh, and the person I know uh, married him. And then he, she had a lot of money saved up, and they got a joint bank account, and he spent all of her money and then cheated on her. So, so here's, the, here's the tip. I'm Don't. the bad one. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> like so be the I'm, bad person. I, yeah i wouldn't be i i would not be worried about my wife doing that um i'm the one who is like 
uh-oh, I got a new credit card. Don't use it, don't use it, don't use it, don't use it, don't use it. Um, so like, I wouldn't be worried about my spouse. But hey, I, I get that that happens. Um, I don't think that it's, this isn't even, this is a footnote at best. Who, who uh, cares? I have an Apple card and I'm not even going to think about that feature. So, oh, here's a good one. Apple has introduced podcast subscriptions, a new feature that Apple Podcasts that allows users to directly support podcasters through the podcast apps. Uh, so um, support me. <laughs> give me money. That's that's what it's all this is about. Just give me money. We're I wonder on, what we're the on qualification iTunes. is for that, if there's I have, any. I have no idea. I'll have to take a look. I honestly have no idea about that. Me um, neither. They have... A new color of iPhone. It's purple. Wow. So iPhone 12 mini and iPhone 12 uh, purple will join the iPhone 12 lineup as a sixth color option from which shoppers can choose. So now it's available in white, black, blue, green, red, and purple. Uh, what's product red? It's that like... Product Red is a company that deals in AIDS research. That's what I thought. They're, they're, was, they're like a charity or something. There was a Product Red version of Vista, I want to say. Oh, was, that's weird. Yeah, it was either Vista or XP. Uh, the new purple uh, iPhone. A Apple's been partnered with Product Red for years and years. That, that makes sense. The new purple iPhone 12 mini and iPhone 12 will be available for pre-order on Friday, April 23rd with uh, the first order shipping on April 30th. So, I mean, it looks nice, I guess. It's purple. I, I do like the design of the iPhone 12 products, but uh, yeah. I ain't paying $1,200 for a phone. Go fuck yourself. Um, uh, AirTags is another thing that they introduced. Now, this is the big thing. This is what everybody was, was waiting for. Everyone started rumors about this, like, I want to say at least a year and a half ago, there were there were people talking about this happening. Um, these are those little Bluetooth trackers that uh, have been around for years now, uh, starting, I think Tile was like the big brand that, that started them. Um, it's just a Bluetooth dongle that you can attach to stuff or put in a bag or whatever. And then if you lose the thing, you can open the Find My app on your iPhone and it will tell you where it is roughly as long as you're within Bluetooth range. Yeah. Uh, and you can make it you can make it beep. I mean, um, I, I think these are neat because I I lose like my I lose my phone a lot. Um, I, I would I will tell you, I have some of these. Um, but they're a brand called Tracker. Uh, I paid, I think, 10 maybe $15 for a pack of five of them. Um, and it has been very handy for finding remotes because I stuck one to the back of my Apple TV remote because it is small and it is slippery because Apple doesn't know what the fuck they're doing, apparently, when it comes to designing something that is a remote. Uh... So sometimes it falls in the couch and we're like, where the fuck did the remote go? And I can make the remote beep. It's pretty cool. Uh, and I wonder how much these are going to cost. $30 each. Jeebus. 
Uh, now, no. I, so I will I will point out that this is actually not that much higher than most of these stupid Bluetooth trackers. The ones that I got were on heavy discount from Meh. Um, oh, yeah. Love Meh. But most of the time, they're like twenty dollars each. So, is that overpriced? Is all get out? Yes. Um, I guarantee you that these things cost uh, maybe a dollar or two to produce. But uh, the the benefit that I will grant the Apple specific ones is that they will talk to all other iPhones. Um, so the the big uh, special gimmick with these is that if you lose a thing in a public place uh, and you get out of Bluetooth range of the thing, uh, other people's iPhones will still be able to talk to that thing and can privately transmit the location of that thing back to your phone. Um, I don't know if I like that though. So like... yeah, that that whenever they they said that, everyone in the world was like, okay. So what you what you're saying is you've sold a uh, you've sold a stalking tool. Yeah. Because now you can walk past somebody who's like loading groceries in the back of their car and chuck this little quarter sized coin thing into the back into their trunk. And if they have an iPhone, you can now follow them everywhere they go. And find out where they live. You could slip it in somebody's purse and follow them around. Uh, So. Apple uh, in their infinite wisdom have said no it's okay uh if it gets too far away from a person for too long uh it'll start beeping and so then you'll the the person who's being tracked unwillingly will hear it beeping and to that i say you're gonna tell me that i can't crack this motherfucker open and just snip the speaker wire yeah um so there's that and then there's also, if you own an iPhone, uh, it will uh, notify you, hey, there's a tracker um, next to you, and it's not yours. So you might want to look at that. Um, but that only works if you have an iPhone. If you have an Android phone, uh, you'll never know it's there. Yeah. So that's a little scary. Um, it, is, it is very scary. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. So that's, <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to be getting these, so I don't, doesn't bother me at all. Um, and nobody wants to stalk me. So I'm all right. Yeah. Um, I have an iPhone. Except for maybe those crazy Trump supporters that like I piss off. <laughs> I'm sure. Cause I live in a very small area with like lots of Trump supporters and I wear my Bernie sweater everywhere. So I'm sure there are people who get pissed off just looking at me because I'm wearing least, my Bernie Sanders sweater. At least sweater. it's not like a Hillary Clinton sweater. Oh, my God. You'd get shot wearing one of those. I should do that. <laughs> just put, like, or, or, like, Hillary's face greater than Trump's face. <laughs> I, just I, had, like I had a Bernie sticker on the back of my car for a long time. And had no problems. 
I put a Hail Satan sticker on the back of my car, and the day that I put it on there, I went to Walmart, and somebody had tried to peel it off while I was in Walmart. People are weird. So, like, yeah, people touch... are really fucking weird with their standards. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've we've spoken about that. That's something I don't want to speak about on the podcast because I would just go into a rant. So let's move yeah. on, and we're, we'll talk about new Apple uh, Apple TV 4K. Um, it runs an A12 Bionic processor, supports higher refresh rate content, but not up to 120 hertz yet. So. I mean, is there any content that real other than games, which I guess you can play on the Apple TV? I don't think there's any high refresh rate movies out there. Like no, most, not that I'm aware of. Most movies still run at 24 frames a second, which yep. is lame. Like, I get it. I the, get why they did that originally, but it's 2021, people. Come on. The exciting thing. And I say exciting in quotes uh, is the remote because they've completely redone how the touchpad thing works. Uh, it looks nicer than the current remote. Um, it's actually slightly ergonomic with it being longer than like an inch. It, it does uh, say exaggerating. Here, but... It does say here that they um, they coated it in butter so that it slips out of your hand easier. Oh God! Like it looks like it's. I think it's made of aluminum still, so it's going to be just as shitty in that aspect. But the touchpad interface on the current Apple TV remote sucks. Having these little clicky buttons on the sides is going to make a very big difference. But here's the thing: that said, I'm not. I'm not spending sixty dollars for that remote. Yeah, you can get a Roku for how much? Like. Like sometimes you can get like a Roku stick for like twenty bucks if you get on sale. Um, yeah, yeah, you you can get a full Roku TV for like fifty bucks. Fifty bucks, fifty to a hundred bucks, depending on what. If you want a four K one, it's probably more expensive. Yeah, for the four K, you know what? I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up because I'm actually curious. Four uh, K Roku price, because I don't want to give any any incorrect prices here. Um, Roku Premiere, the streaming media stick. Uh, that has 4K is 40 bucks. Um, yeah. The Roku Ultra HDR 4K is 100 bucks. Okay. So. So if you if you really need HDR, then it's 100 bucks. Otherwise, 40 dollars will get you everything you actually need. Yeah. The new Apple TV launches on April 30th. Uh, pricing is at same as its predecessor. Yeah, at 180 dollars for 32 gigs of storage. And $199 for 64 gigs of storage. And the remote itself is $60. Yeah. So <sighs> I I will say that I don't regret owning an Apple TV. Um okay. and it's it's not because I'm I'm so deep in the Apple ecosystem. Um it's more that uh it was either that or if it was between that and a Roku, um, yeah, the Roku is better for just media streaming, but I use my Apple TV as a, a Steam Link box. So, and, that, and that's something I don't believe that can be done on a Roku. No. Um, I wish that the games on Apple TV were better, but they're not. But yeah. 
uh, I can at least hook up my PS4 controller to my Apple TV, play games on my PC that way. Would I rather have an Android TV? Yes. Yes, I would. But, um, you know, we all make mistakes. <laughs> uh, I still uh, like also, my Apple TV. You could also get, like, a mini computer for, like, 150 bucks. I had done that for a little while. Um, and I, I do have a Raspberry Pi now. So, you know, I could just set that up to do all that. Well, yeah, but, but honestly, to watch like YouTube on watching YouTube on the Raspberry Pi is painful. I don't know why, but the Raspberry Pi just does not handle YouTube very well. It's the, weird. Um, which which version of the Pi? The because I know that they okay because I know they do, they don't have hardware like video decoding or they didn't until like the most recent one. Yeah, like the newest one still isn't good. Like they just have not designed it to work with like streaming video for some reason. Uh, so you have issues when you're trying to run YouTube and stuff. So trying to run that as a media center, you could do it. And I know that you could access like Plex and just watch Plex okay. But when it comes to like Netflix and YouTube, it's just not great. So something like this is way better. A Roku's way and, better. And Android TV is really the best the yeah. best overall choice if you want anything other than media streaming if you only want video streaming roku is the, the best on the market i i think so yeah so uh the only problem with roku's before we move on is that if you want to hook up a speaker because i i bought a sound bar for like 60 bucks and in order for you to hook up the the wireless bluetooth speaker it has to be a roku speaker Oh, you see, yeah. I just use uh, I just use good old fashioned toss link cable. Yeah, and that's the thing. You can just hook it up, uh, manually, like just actually plug it in. But yeah. uh, if you want to do the wireless, you have to use a Roku one. Whereas I believe the Apple TV, you could just do Bluetooth, and it would yep. be fine. So, yeah. uh, Apple also brought back something amazing. Which, if it was the version that they were. If it was the version I wish it was, I would actually think about buying one. But the iMac now has colors. Yeah, I. You know what's funny is I didn't even think about this being a throwback to the old colored iMacs, but that that is what this is. Yeah. Uh, that that's kind of cool, actually. Um, I funny that that you caught that and I didn't. <laughs> I wish they would have just been like, and we have limited editions in the old casing. But they won't do that. They they won't. I I actually yeah. I would I would be like, ah, I'm gonna get a personal loan to <laughs> gonna spend this fourteen grand that I have laying around. <laughs> um, like the yeah, yeah, but they're IMAX. Yeah, the the new IMAX have uh, colors that you could choose. So it says next up. Apple introduced the first redesign of the iMac over a decade ago. The new iMac features an all-new design with minimal bezels, plus Apple silicone on the inside. The new iMac features a 24-inch display with True Tone display technology. It is available in an array of colors. Inside the iMac is an M1 processor, which is also what we saw in the Mac Mini, MacBook Pro, and MacBook Air. Uh, features upgraded, blah, blah, blah. In terms of design... 
the new iMac features a slim profile with bezels, blah, blah, blah. What colors does it come in? Um, uh, it's like a, a green, yellow, blue. Oh, it says here, available in green, yellow, orange, pink, purple, blue, and silver. Yeah. I would probably go, I'd probably go with the orange or the red. So I'd probably do, uh, probably do the blue one. Yeah, so I was, like green would be cool too. I like green, but uh, I think the the I think the red would look really good. Um, I, I'm I'm gonna be straight up. I prefer the old design better, but that's oh, just yeah. me. The the old CRT design? No, no. Well, yes, but no. That's what that wasn't what I meant. I I prefer I prefer the one that's like all brushed aluminum uh, looking. You know. Like now the, I want to get one bigger... of those. I want to get one of those old iMacs, <laughs> and then put I, like I've, a I've new wanted com- one for a long time, and then put a new computer inside of it. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Anyway, um, it starts at twelve ninety nine for an eight core CPU, seven core GPU, with eight gigs of memory, uh, two hundred fifty six gig hard drive, two Thunderbolt ports, a Magic Keyboard without Touch ID, and a Magic Mouse. That one is only available in green, pink, blue, and silver. The fourteen ninety nine one again, eight core CPU with eight core GPU, eight gigs of unified memory, two hundred fifty six gig hard drive, two Thunderbolt ports, two USB three ports, a Magic Keyboard with Touch ID, a Magic Mouse, and Ethernet connectivity. And that's the one that comes in green, yellow, orange, pink, blue, purple, and silver. Um, so. So the $1,300 one is basically a big iPad Pro. Yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't even have USB ports. Yeah. Just the thun- so you have to buy a dongle if you want to plug in anything. <laughs> uh, You'll be able to pre-order <sighs> I these. Apple. Yeah, I know. Me too. I hate their pricing, but whatever. Uh, The new iMac... Uh, can be pre-ordered April 30th, and the first orders will begin shipping during the second half of May. Uh, so uh, don't buy them. Uh, I know our good friend Justice um, has purchased a Mac Mini, which is cool, I guess. I think I it was a why. mistake myself, but hey. I you mean, know what? They can spend their money the way they want. They are at least They are at least going to use it for things that you can only do on a Mac. And that's more than I can say for a lot of people who buy Macs. Yeah. But I just, I, I, I think uh, buying hardware during a transitional period like this, um, is, is, you're, you're going to end up being disappointed because they're going to come out with the M2 and it's going to be like three times faster. Oh, it's going to be so good. I mean, I'm not going to buy it, but I will admit it's going to be so good. Yeah. Um, I, I can't fault anybody for like being into the apple or into the mac os thing right now with how good the m1 is yeah yeah uh last speaking qu- of the m1 new yeah. ipad pro yeah woo uh eight eight core cp wait a minute eight core cpu eight core gpu m1 chip a thunderbolt <laughs> connector uh the larger 12.9 inch model also supports a new mini LED screen, which Apple calls the Liquid Retina XDR. Wait a minute. It has an 8-gig CPU and 8-gig GPU? Core. No. <laughs> that's that's the same thing yeah. we were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. that's why I was saying that it's it's literally 
the the new iMac uh, the the cheaper version is just an iPad Pro with an extra Thunderbolt port. Yeah, Apple like, says that's the new... all it is. Yeah, Apple says the new display offers even more expansive view and stunning HDR experience. Now, here is the thing: if if I were an artist, I would be super excited for this. Like, so if if I if I was you know legitimately like I was like I want to make my thumbnails for my YouTube videos on an iPad. Like or with like a with like a pen and stuff, this would be great, uh, because you know, it's you know it would make it better, uh, not being if it $8, wasn't running if it wasn't running fucking iPad OS. That's true. Like if it was running a normal Mac OS. Yes. Yeah. Why the fuck isn't it running Mac OS? Yeah. Um. The because new you iP- still can't run like actual Photoshop or Final Cut or any of that on here. Holy crap. Okay, here's a big thing. The new iPad Pro also features an upgraded camera for photography and augmented reality use cases. The front camera now features a 12 megapixel ultra bright wide lens. Uh, for FaceTime calls, the new ultra wide camera now automatically pans around to keep the person in frame as they move around the room. Now, this is one thing that I've had a problem with, uh, mainly for all, like, uh, all, like, um tablets that come out so like the fire tablets the samsung galaxy tablets why do they always have like a 1.3 megapixel camera on them oh yeah yeah i know what you mean like it's you you if you're gonna put a 1.3 megapixel camera on a device just don't put a camera on a device (laughs) no people are buying like the kindle for 50 dollars like the the fire the kindle fire or whatever and being like, I'm going to take pictures with just, no, just stop it. <laughs> like put a camera that's like at least, at least five megapixel. <laughs> like, cause five megapixel apparently translates to about 1080p, right? Like that's yeah. about the resolution. I mean, it gets really weird because you also have to go into like, how big is the sensor and yeah. all that other shit. Like it doesn't. Megapixel doesn't equate to quality, uh, which everyone's kind of known that for a while. But yeah, megapixel doesn't equate to quality, but it does equate to resolution, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um but yeah, like some of the features on on here are great. I mm-hmm. like. I'm not gonna lie. If if they released a, an update for iPad OS that made it able to run uh M1 optimized software from there or that that's like Mac OS native I would really consider it because I think most M1 uh, most prominent software for Mac OS is going to be M1 optimized and by that I mean it's not going to like have to run through Rosetta um and like I'm not going to play games on an iMac you know or an iPad or an iPad well I'll yeah. play like mobile games you know but yeah. like I'm not I'm not going to play games on an iMac so I don't really care about like having compatibility in that way but I really like Final Cut Pro um and I really like Apple Pencil like I I would really strongly consider this if it had if it had software that that like is actually useful unlike and, most iPad software. Well, and the the cost is 
it, it it is expensive. It is very expensive. But like, I I've been like considering the idea of having a separate machine just for doing creative stuff on that's separate from my gaming machine because I like have some level of stupid and it's hard for me to like I, I get choice paralysis whenever I I'm overwhelmed by everything I can do on this machine so it's easier for me to be able to compartmentalize stuff so it's kind of what I've what I've been looking at doing um and Just yeah while I could home. build one uh, well yeah like yeah I could get like a tablet but I'm I, I'm saying like like I want something that I can do video editing and audio production and stuff mm. on that's separate from my gaming PC. I got you. I'm uh, just saying, so you can get the the canvas. Yeah, you can. For you can get you can get really really good drawing tablets for way cheaper than an iPad. Yeah. But the drawing tablet doesn't run Final Cut. You know, it doesn't. Yeah. It, it's yeah. But. All that so, said, for the time being, it's still running iPad OS, so I don't really understand the benefit of upgrading to the newest iPad Pro. I don't understand the benefit of buying an iPad Pro over an iMac. Well, uh, let's, let's talk about let's talk about the price real quick because we haven't mentioned okay. that yet. We have um, the iPad Pro start the 11 inch starts at 799 dollars, which is the same as the previous iPad Pro. But that is for um, 128 gigs of storage, which yes, eh. and same thing with the iPad Pro. The, there's two versions. There's the 11 inch and there's a 12.9 inch. The 12.9 inch is 1,099 dollars, uh, which the previous version was 999 dollars. And these are both the starting prices with 128 gigs of storage. You can also get 256 gigs, 512, one terabyte, and two terabyte, which the new one is the two terabyte. Um, there's also 5G connectivity, including the MM Wave 5G support in the United States. So, an 11-inch iPad Pro with cellular service and, well, actually, cellular capabilities, not necessarily cellular yeah. service, uh, is $2,099. And the 12.9-inch iPad Pro with 2 terabytes of storage and cellular service is $2,399. Um that's a lot. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's that's a lot of money. The new iPad Pro <laughs> will be available for pre-order. All of these are pre available for pre-order April thirtieth, and they'll start shipping in the second half of May. Alongside the new iPad Pro, Apple updated the Magic Keyboard accessory with all new white color option, but it's the the functionality is the same. Um. Um. Also, uh, it's not. Uh, mentioned in this article but the ipad pro also changes how much ram it has depending on how much storage you get you get um, oh so oh, by no. uh, these the smaller ones have eight gigs of ram uh but the terabyte and two terabyte ones have 16 gigs of ram i mean that's yeah the the problem with that is how much does ram cost is it yeah. It, well, also, how much does storage like, cost, and how much does RAM cost? Because I can guarantee you, it isn't fourteen hundred dollars or thirteen hundred dollars. Even with the consideration that the RAM is now part of the SOC, uh, yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. I'm also wondering why does the iPad get sixteen gigs of RAM max, and the iMac seems to not. 
or perhaps that's a configuration option. I think I don't it's know. a configuration I option. Um, well, but I don't know. Like, well, that's starting. I guess these these would be starting prices, right? Fourteen ninety nine would be eight core CPU, eight core GPU, eight gigs of of memory. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the pricing here, and then we'll we'll get out of here. And only two hundred fifty six uh, gigs of storage, while you can on the iPad get two terabytes of storage. Oh man. Uh, Aro is looking I, up the prices to see if if you can so configure I, it. It doesn't look like they have configuration options available right now, um, unless you just can't upgrade. There's no way. There's no way that they limit you to five hundred twelve gigs of storage. No. Uh, um, uh, Aroa, we're talking what? about Apple. I know, but like they. Apple's bread and butter is upselling you on stupid upgrades that should just be part of the base price to begin with. Well, yeah, that's uh, why they have the iMac Pro. Holy shit, you're right. Yeah. Is that still a is that still a product? It's got I th- I think it is. It I think probably it is. is. God, I don't there's so much shit in here. Let's see Apple Store. <laughs> um Oh, uh, they don't. They don't have it on here. They just have Mac Pro. Oh, that's right. Mac discontin- Pro. I think they discontinued the iMac Pro. Okay, but that's <laughs> probably that's what I mean. after the overheating problems. That's what I mean. The, the Mac. Oh Pro. wait, there's an iMac 27 inch. Oh. That's uh. Hold up. Recore. Hold up. There's what no configurations that? that I'm seeing. Um, was that breath of the wild Did they have breath of the wild on screen there for a second i have what no idea fuck? i'm trying to see if was that genshin impact get any ipad model with cellular um i'm trying to see if that there's must, that must have been good so if i go to buy a 27 inch imac there we go um, okay, that's good. see. Okay, so the the twenty seven inch iMac that says configurable up to one hundred twenty eight gigs of RAM. Ah, the twenty the 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 other iMac, uh, the iMac twenty four inch. If I go to view pricing, yeah, it, it just says eight gigs unified memory. So you get you can't get anything. Oh, up to 16 gigs unified memory. Okay. Okay. So Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. They go up, they go up from there. Okay. But still, yeah. what about what about the storage? Uh, it could go up to 2 terabytes. Okay. So they can go up. So it's an iPad. Okay. It's just an iPad Pro. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, don't don't buy these. Don't don't fucking don't buy these. Uh, because they're too expensive and we need to teach Apple a lesson. And the best lesson you can teach them is not buying an iMac mini. Um, or I'm sorry, a Mac mini. Don't buy a Mac mini, Ash. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if Ash is going to listen to the end of the like, you motherfucker. Um, oh, they will. They definitely will. Yeah. So anyway, uh, thanks for being here, Aroa. Yeah, no problem. Glad to glad to to waste two hours of everyone's time. Yeah, me too. We will be back next week with some more gaming and tech related news. Goodbye.
Bye-bye.